Welcome everyone. This is Pastor Kerry Willis, the district servant of the Philadelphia District Church of the Nazarene. And today I come to this episode of an open door podcast and my heart is strangely warmed uh, because I have a guest with me. Uh, his name is uh, Reverend Mike Andrews and uh, Reverend Mike Andrews serves in the position I serve in, but he serves in the Southwest Native American Church of the Nazarene District. And he's such a delight. We got to know each other at our last gathering. And I said, Brother Mike, how about coming uh, to an Open Door podcast and let us hear your story. And so welcome, Brother Mike. We're glad you're here. And I'm just going to turn it over to you. You tell us uh, a little bit about where you serve and where that covers. And then you just go back uh, to the beginning and tell your Jesus story. And if I have a question, I'll ask it. But I have a feeling uh, that you have a story worth telling and our people want to hear it. God bless you, brother. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a blessing to be able to get on this podcast. Um, and uh, I am, my name is Michael Andrews or Mike Andrews. I come from, I'm a Native American and I come from two tribes. Uh, one is Tohono O'odham, and the other one is Quitsan. Uh, both are near the Mexico border, one in Arizona and one on the California side, just as you cross the border to, to California. And I, my background, I have a clan, which is called the Frog Clan, where my mom was from along the Colorado River. There was a lot of frogs in our area. So we're kind of known as the Frog Clan. I, I tell people, I want people to be a part of my clan, fully rely on God. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I am the, the new district superintendent of the Southwest Native American District, and, which covers uh, as far east as Albuquerque, all the way up north uh, near the Four Corners. Then you cut across to Page and then down towards the, along the Colorado River, all the way down to the Mexican border. Uh, we have a, a small church in a place called uh, Summerton, which serves the Cocopa Indians. And that church went, uh, started a church in Mexico uh, when the lines were drawn for uh, United States and Mexico. Some of the Cocopas stayed in Mexico or, you know, stayed on the other side of Mexico. So the small Nazarene church in Summerton went, started going over and started a church on the Cocopa uh, village uh, in Mexico. So there's another small church there. Uh, so, and then it goes all the way down across uh, uh, on the Tohono O'odham Reservation and then Tucson. So it, it's a big, everything in between as well. So <laughs> it's a big uh, area that I cover and I praise God for, for the calling he's put in my life to be the district superintendent uh, this past uh, June, uh, uh, during our district assembly, it was uh, our very first time that our our district has ever uh, voted uh, district superintendent in this position. Normally, they were appointed. The last district superintendent was in this position for 37 years. So I uh, feel like Moses and Joshua. <laughs> so, and uh, but I, I, I praise God for for be able to. Uh, work uh, with our churches in our district. We have like 32 churches in our district. And so, you know, I praise God for the opportunity. And, and each 
some of the, the majority is the Navajo tribe, and then we have other different tribes, Tohono O'odham, uh, Pima, Maricopa tribes, um, and then uh, Mojave, Gutsan, Cocopas, uh, as I said. But it, it, we have a variety of different tribes in our district. But uh, again, you know, each, each of the tribes are different. I grew up on a Pima reservation south of Phoenix at a Catholic boarding school. My mom and dad attended the Catholic boarding school. And there were six of us in my family, and I'm second to the youngest. Um, I was born pigeon-toed with my feet turned in. And I had a cast from the bottom of my feet to my chest for about six months. And during that time, I had chicken pox. The cast came off, and I was learning to walk all over again. And at that time, my mom and dad separated, and I ended up at a foster home. And uh, I was... Uh, there at the foster home, then later on, I moved into downtown city of Phoenix with my mom, where I learned to become we call an urban Indian. So I was on the reservation and I moved into the city and grew up into the city. I uh, later went back to the Catholic boarding school to play football. My first year playing football, I tore my ligaments in one of my legs. My second year going back to the Catholic boarding school, I got hit in the chest playing football and punctured my lungs. So I'm ready to go back to this Catholic boarding school my sophomore year, but the school closed. So I've been trying to find out where do I go to school next? And there were several other government schools, boarding schools and every different schools around the nation. And then I heard of a school called Southwest Indian School. It was a Christian boarding school for Native Americans in Phoenix in a place called Peoria, Arizona. So I put my application in there and I get this letter that says, um, our football team is starting at this time. If you want to come on and join our team, come on down. So they were the first ones that sent me the letter. And so I, I wanted to play football right away. You know, So I went there. My first week of practice was great. Then Sunday morning, the missionary came and woke us up and it says, time to get ready to go to church. I'm going, what is church? I knew what mass was going to the Catholic school. So I went to the campus on this Christian campus uh, to the chapel area looking for the priest in the confession box. I opened the closet door. There was no priest. I opened another closet door, no priest. So I spent most of my time sitting in the pew and not understanding what was going on in the chapel service. An evangelist from Ohio came and spoke a whole week of revival service. But it was the very last day of the revival service that I went to an altar and I knelt down and I was 17 years old and I asked Jesus Christ into my heart and I realized I didn't need a priest to forgive me. I, got, I went directly straight to the resource, which was Jesus Christ. And so he and I asked him to come into my life to forgive me of my sins. And then uh, I started my journey in my spiritual life. The evangelist that came to preach that revival was uh, our former GS uh, with the Nazarene Church. That was Stan Toller. Stan Toller was the evangelist at that time. And so, you know, I praise God for God using Stan to bring the message to my heart, using God, using him. So, you know, well, before I ever became a Christian, um, I, um, I didn't like white people. I, I would always see the cowboy Indian movies, 
And a lot of those, we never won those battles. I heard of a saying, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. And that was something that, you know, was angry and all this towards, you know, Anglo white people. But when Jesus Christ came into my life, made me a new creature, I heard that saying again, the only good Indian is a dead Indian is true because I had to die to the sinful world to be alive to Jesus Christ. And I praise God for bringing the white people to the native people to share the gospel with us. You know, and I, and I praise God. Well, I ended up graduating from the Christian school and I ended up in Iowa. I was at a Bible college in Iowa. I still don't know how I got there besides getting on a plane and, you know, starting. And between my sophomore and junior year is when I met my wife, Eileen. Um, she is from the southwest suburbs of Chicago. She's Mexican and German. She likes tacos with sauerkraut. <laughs> and, uh, but no, uh, she, we met at this YMCA camp in Michigan. And uh, she was one of the camp counselors. And um, I noticed this brown hand coming into the window. And uh, a lot of the kids that came from to this camp were from the inner city Chicago. So they either were black or white. But I noticed this brown hand coming in, found out she was a Christian. So I tell people, we met in June. We got married in November. And nine months later, we had 17 boys. We went back to the Southwest Indian School where I met Jesus Christ as my Savior. I, and uh, we began working there and as dorm parents taking care of fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boys. And during that time, my wife was taking nursing classes. And then when the time came, she was done. And I said, now it's time for me to go back to finish my degree. So I ended up leaving the we 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 left the the mission compound in Arizona where I met Jesus and ended up going to Ohio and we I went to a school called it was that time called the Circleville Bible College and I ended up going there and graduating the president of the college was the director at Southwest Indian School the Christian boarding school so he gave me my high school diploma and then he gave me my college diploma. And so, you know, God worked that out. I graduated uh, from the Bible college and uh, I, we had invited my mom out. And so when she came out, she ended up giving me a necklace. But I'm gonna take you back to even further when my grandma was around uh, and she's long past already. But my grandma attended a Methodist church on the Indian Reservation outside of Yuma, Arizona, called the Quitsan tribe. She was a part of the Methodist. There was only two churches there. There was a Catholic church and a Methodist church. And my grandma attended the Methodist church. And one day, one of my aunts came to my grandma and said, I want to become a nun. And so what happened was uh, my grandma told all the people in the church, she says, I'm leaving the church to support my daughter who wants to become a nun. All the ladies in the church surrounded her and prayed over her and cried because she was leaving the church. Not long after, my grandma made an Indian beaded necklace and gave it to my mom, who was the oldest in the family. And 
she gave it to my mom. She said, one day, someone in our family is going to be serving the Lord. So when I graduated from the Bible college, my mom brought this necklace and gave it to me saying, your grandma has been praying for you. So God's calling in my life kind of started with the grandma's prayer a long time ago, you know, and I praise God for that. And uh, so we ended up finishing at the Bible college, but then we ended up, uh, my wife and I became missionaries and we were traveling around the United States, raising our support. We were with an organization called World Gospel Mission out of Marion, Indiana. And so we were traveling around and then we ended up going to a camp in Georgia. The president of the Bible College and the director of the Southwest Indian School, he was the president of a camp in Georgia. And he said, I want you to come down. We're going to finish you as missionaries and send you off to the mission field. During the mission uh, day we had there at the camp meeting, he said, I want to tell you a story. He said, have you ever heard of a man named Paul Harvey? And I said, yeah, a guy who says, here's the rest of the story. Well, he said, let me tell you the rest of your story. He said, you always tell people you came to Southwest Indian School to play football. That summer, he said, he gets a, a phone call from a young man on the Navajo reservation says, Mr. Carter, I can't come to school this year. Can you send someone else? So he said, normally he goes to the file and gets the next person out. He said, but God laid it on his heart to go to his desk and pray. So as he was praying, God put it on his heart to go to the file and pick out the hundredth file. That was me. That's how I got there. <laughs> so, so to see how God's life has been in all, the, all of this and bringing me to where I am now. Yes, we were missionaries in Honduras and Costa Rica. Uh, we went to language school. My wife, like I said, is Mexican-German, but she didn't know how to speak Spanish. So we ended up going to Costa Rica. One of the hardest things for me, my wife picked up the Spanish really fast. But for me, the hardest thing was that the dogs understood more Spanish than me. You know, we went to visit one of Eileen's friends that was teaching her Spanish. And her husband's asking me to sit down at a chair. I didn't know what he was saying in Spanish. And then he points to the dog and talks to the dog and says the same thing. The dog gets up and goes and sits down on the chair. And I got it. The dog understood more Spanish than me. <laughs> so, but uh, yes, we learned Spanish. And then we ended up on a little tiny island off the coast of Honduras, where we ministered to a group of people called Garifana, a mixture of the Caribbean Indians and Africans. They were Africans that were shipped to the Caribbean islands and ended up on this pirate's refuge island. And they intermingled with the native people. So we had a clinic, my wife's a nurse, and we had a clinic in the church there. Then we were transferred to the main part of Honduras where we traveled into the jungles of Honduras, ministering in small little churches. The time came when, oh, let me show you this one story. This is a story about my son. Um, we would travel up in some of the mountains and we had our kids with us. They were little at that time. But one day we were at this small village and my son was chasing chickens around. And he ended up catching this chicken and we ended up leaving that village about five chickens that we took home that day. Um, and there's a, also my son had a little dog named 
baby. Baby uh, was uh, a little tiny puppy that followed my son around. Well, when it was time for us to come back to the States, um, we had to get rid of everything. And so my son kept on saying, what's going to happen with our car? We're going to sell it. What's going to happen with my toys? We're going to give them away. And then he said, what's going to happen with baby? And so, so we didn't know what we were going we to do. So I told my son, we'll pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. So two days before we were getting ready to leave the country, we still had baby. And one of the pastors up in the mountain said, we'll take baby if you meet us halfway and we'll meet at a village. Well, we drove on this dirt road. And the whole time, my son, who is very small, saying, who's going to take care of baby? And, uh, and I would tell him who was going to take care of baby. And then in about 10, 15 minutes, he was saying, who's going to take care of baby? But we finally got to the village, met with the pastor. Then he said, I have to go because I have to go back on the truck that takes us up to the mountains. So we have to go. We handed the leash to the dog and the dog food and all this. As they start walking away, baby's fighting. Baby's fighting. He didn't want to go with the pastor and all this. And my son was grabbing onto my, my pants. And I could see tears coming down his eyes. And then they got around to the end of the corner of the street. The dog looked at us and like he stared at us forever. Then he put his head down willingly. Then he went around the corner. And then my son grabbed my pants with tears in his eyes. He said, Daddy, Jesus is going to take care of baby. And I realized at that time, that point, that no matter what we go through, Jesus is going to take care of us. He's going to take care of us. So we ended up leaving uh, Honduras, coming back to Arizona, and became, we worked again at the Southwest Indian Ministry Center as uh, missionaries there. So I used to tell people, I used to be the missionee, now I'm the missioner. And, uh, <laughs> but God worked that out. And so, so we were there at the Southwest Indian Ministry Center and uh, working there for a while. And then God called me to an organization called CHIEF, which stands for Christian Hope Indian Eskimo Fellowship, where we work with indigenous people from as far as Alaska to Central South America. So since I spoke Spanish with the ministry, I worked with indigenous people from Mexico all the way to South America with three missionaries that were in these different countries. And so we were there and God blessed. And then um, at, at that time, you know, um, God, you know, a long time before, you know, God had been realizing working in my life and just helping me, preparing me for a position. One of our former DSs, uh, Julian Gunn, at that time, him and his wife sat us down. And he said, you know, our district superintendent is going to be leaving in about a couple of years. And he said, uh, Mike, would you be interested? You know, be praying, you know, God will put you in that position. I'm going, we're going, no, 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 no. And no, you don't say that to God. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, later on, uh, we had our district assembly this, this past June. And, and uh, our, this is the first time, like I said, that uh, our district has ever voted someone into this position. So I've been a district superintendent and my wife and I have been uh, working through this together as a partners. And it's just been a blessing and encouraging our pastors and and just you know helping them to understand you know the work that God's called us to do as a whole and so you know I praise God for where he's taken me in this journey in life 
where he's brought me and where I am now and just continue. You know, my wife, get when we get up in the morning, we always say, good morning, Jesus. And then we say, what adventure do you have for us today? Uh, right now, I'm I, as part of the district superintendent, I'm also a full-time chaplain at the Maricopa County Jail here in Phoenix. So I, I oversee like a little over a, a thousand inmates in the women's jail. I'm a chaplain at the women's jail. And so that's also an adventure in ministering to women who are in, incarcerated and are hit rock bottom. So that's going to have to be another iPod story, you know. <laughs> so, Amen, Brother Mike. I've been holding my breath the whole time you've been talking. Um, I, I tell you, one of the greatest things that's happened to me as a district servant is hearing your story. Um, you know, it's just, um, it points right to Jesus and the prevenient grace yes. that has gone before you and, of course, continues to go before you. Just the way that God has put the pieces together. And uh, you're still a young man, so uh, he's yeah. I just well, you know, with my native <laughs> with my native tribe, when I turned sixty, I became an elder. I'm I'm, I'm sixty three now. So <laughs> okay, well, we're in the same neighborhood, brother. Sorry. And uh, you spoke so highly of Eileen and the partnership that you all have together. It just it warmed my heart. And you know, I've been talking uh, lately to our people. Uh, I've said, you know, the way to know someone's theology is to ask them to give you their testimony, you know, and I'm encouraging people that theology, we've made it way too difficult. Uh, we need to have people tell their testimony, tell their God story, and we'll Our see how beautiful. <laughs> gospel, that's yes. sharing Jesus. It is the gospel, brother. Well, brother Mike, is there anything else that you want to share? It's been a, that's why I just sort of leaned back and told you at the beginning before we even started. I want you to just take off and tell your story, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you've done that. Is there anything else you want to Probably add? Just one more thing is God's blessed us. You know, we had two children, yeah. uh, boy and girl, and uh, then God's blessed us with six grandkids, and then uh, our. <laughs> Son and daughter in love. We call them daughter in son and daughter in love. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, we're blessed with our family and just, you know, oh, God's and that's so beautiful. On May 12th, uh, Kim and I became grandparents for the first time. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to get some pointers from you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you. You sound pretty experienced in that grandpa oh, yeah. area well brother michael would you mind to pray a prayer for the philadelphia district uh and just uh, anyone who might come across uh, this podcast uh, would you just go to the lord on our behalf and this will be our benediction father i thank you for this blessing of sharing uh what you have done in my life and how you've touched me and and Father, there are other people that need to be touched by you. And maybe through what I've said, to, would be able to help somebody and help them know you in that very special way that we all do, Lord, of your saving grace, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for all the churches in the Philadelphia district, Lord. I ask that you lift up those pastors, Lord, that, that are serving you, Lord, that you would just surround them with wisdom, with encouragement, with even provision, Lord. 
but Lord, that you would use them to be the light in the areas that you put them, Lord, that your hands will be upon them to remind them that as we're not alone. Father, we, we serve a big God, Lord, and, and who reminds us that he's with us during our times as we even have hard times as well, but that you're there with us. But I thank you again for uh, our district servant of the Philadelphia, Brother uh, Willis, Lord, that your hands will be upon him and that your blessing will be upon him as he leads these churches and these, these pastors and leaders, Lord, that you would just give him that wisdom, Lord, that your blessing would be upon him. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I could be a part of this time, Lord, and you, you use it for your glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 And uh, thank you, Brother Michael, uh, for leaning in. I'll probably see you up ahead on the Highway of Holiness. And uh, I want to thank Assembly, probably. <laughs> yes, that'll probably be it. I yeah. want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in today to this episode of An Open Door podcast. In Revelation, our glorified Lord said, I have placed before you an open door. And he was talking to the Church of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lord, today I pray that that open door has been walked through by those who are listening. And thank you for sending Brother Michael Andrews to lead us on this testimony story through the open door. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> thank you, Brother Michael, and give our love to Eileen. And uh, I will see you probably in Indianapolis. I'll be looking for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> I love you. God right, love bless. You God bless. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>